0: Hello tribe, this podcast is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is a natural superfood company that specializes in mushroom-based drinks that benefit our immunity, energy, longevity, and keeping us healthy and enhanced in our lives. Four Sigmatic makes a wide variety of blends including mushroom coffee, mushroom elixir, hot cacao, Matcha and Superfood Blends. I believe strongly in this company. I've been taking Four Sigmatic and it has changed my life. I can't even begin to start my day without a cup of Four Sigmatic in front of me. Right before I meditate or I do anything from speaking engagements to traveling to doing healing on people or just going out in the world and sharing my immense love for this planet and for everyone on it. I feel lit times 1,000. It is literally shifting the energy in my being. I'm talking firing off those synapses, kicking my body into high gear by awakening those electrons, spinning those electrons, getting my body so on point with my focus, my creativity and my energy. One of the products that I love the most is the Lion's Manes Coffee. Lion's Mane promotes productivity and focus, and it was known by shamans and monks who take that into their body for meditation, focus, and clarity so they can really tune in to the energies and absorb the knowledge and information that is coming to them from the spirit world. And as you know, on Ancient Wisdom Today, we like to keep it lit all day every day. And how do we do that? By creating magic. And what is magic? Magic is turning up that energy, living our truth, honoring who we are and doing what's right for us so that we can live a beautiful, powerful, easy, playful, fun, joyous, and just the most powerful life in this now time. So if you don't have Four Sigmatic on your shelf, in your bag, in your briefcase, on the airplane with you, right before you speak, whatever it is that you do, you have to get this. Even for your kids, for your teenagers, pop it in their in their bag before they go to school. This is the drink that literally makes you think. It is powerful and it is enriched with so many powerful mushrooms. And these adaptogens are literally changing the lives of people. And remember, I've talked to you many times before in the past about mushrooms and the networking system of mushrooms when it gets into your body and just really taking your body to a whole new level so if you're interested in learning more about this amazing company because i just really want you to know tribe that everything i share with you i share with you from my heart because i believe in it and i see what it has done for me and my life and all of my friends and family go to Forsigmatic.com Sigmatic.com backslash shaman Durek, and you will get a discount code at your checkout. That's F O U R S I G M A T I C.com backslash shaman Durek for your 15% off. I love you, tribe. I love you so much. That is the reason why I choose sponsors that are in alignment and authenticity to what this tribe is about. Staying lit, staying focused, staying driven, and changing our planet for the good. Love you, enjoy the share. Bye. Human
1: beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years, and with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients.
0: Hello, beautiful, amazing, wonderful, delightful, conscious, loving, divine beings of power, light, and consciousness on so many levels that we are because we are powerful. And the reason why we're so conscious on so many levels is because we are multidimensional. And because we are multidimensional, we are able to be fluid and open to all possibilities. And that allows us to be wise, powerful beings. Because you know what they always say is that a wise person is one who sees many paths, and an unwise person sees one. And I am so honored by the beauty, the love, the power, the geniusness, the creativity, the innovation, and all of that that this tribe represents is pure love love for the sake of love Mm, just listen to the way that sounds love for the sake of love that's it that is what we are love for the sake of love is to recognize and see the truth that we are love for the sake of love to give love to be love to express love to honor love to value love and to to just emulate love into every single person and every living thing, worldwide and throughout the galaxy, I am so honored, and if anyone hasn't told you they love you today, let me be the first. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. 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 You're so wonderful, and I'm so happy you're part of the tribe. And I'm so happy that you get to be in today's share because I have a powerful, amazing, wonderful woman goddess divine being in studio with me today and let me tell you we go through life we want to understand how do we take our message how do we create ourselves as a brand because you can't just go to college anymore and get an education and come out with degrees and think you're actually going to hit the ground running the way you do things today is you love on yourself so much and you love the things that you represent in the nature of your being and then you brand it and you bring it into life. And the woman to tell you how to do that is in the studio with me right now. She's powerful. Her name is Anne Marie. She's a conscious branding lifestyle specialist. Did you hear what I said? She's a conscious branding lifestyle specialist. And she's here to shake us and wake us and get us to look at the realities of life and how we can take our message, what it is that we're doing, to a higher level so that we are able to transcend the nonsense and the bullshit and the things that we don't need to step into so that we can rise high and show and share all the beauty and love that we have while we're here on planet earth so welcome today share and marie
1: Mm, that's that's beautiful thank you so much I, i really am honored to be here and I feel so at home as I sit here with my eyes closed, just thinking about how the energy is flowing between us and how uh, serendipitous it is to be sharing a moment with you, knowing that prior to meeting you, I was already preparing myself for it without even knowing that we'd be sitting here today
0: (laughs) i'm so flattered my goodness my heart be still wow thank you i'm so honored to be here with you too you're such a light and you're such a gift and i when i first saw you i was like oh my god this bright light this amazing gift i have to go give her a hug i have to connect with her and we connected and it was beautiful and very honored
1: yeah thank you i i want i want everyone to know that I, I had the pleasure of meeting Derek a couple of years ago and never getting to fully connect with him the way I am today. And prior to to meeting today, I was in LA and there were flyers all around the street and at the Den Meditation Center. And it was your picture that people could come see you. And I thought, wow, it's, it's that face again. And then you popped up on my Feed on instagram i wasn't i wasn't following you yet i didn't know or make the connection that i had met you back in ibiza and i thought there he is again i said i'm supposed to meet this man and then i get a phone call the next day being invited to speak at at this retreat in costa rica and they said oh and by the way um uh shaman Derek will be will be leading and opening the ceremony and i'm like holy shit this is crazy or or (laughs) is it amazing
0: or is it exactly is it really crazy or is it just you know stepping into alignment to our our connection our meeting we've set this up a long time ago way before this human existence and i always love that because like when people meet me or connect with me or when i connect with people it's like we've already made that arrangement you know and it's just now we decide when we're in this physical body do we accept it and actually let it happen or do we create some kind of obstacle so we don't have to let it happen? Uh, So I'm really happy that we both chose to let it happen. Yeah,
1: that's right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. So tell me, my darling, you're a conscious branding lifestyle specialist. How did this journey begin?
1: Uh, That's a good question. I am. I established my career very young at 18 working in the nightlife industry and being a native New Yorker with a hustle in me, I always wanted to do more and be more and working in nightlife as a promoter was not going to be enough for me. So I wanted to learn everything in the industry. That was anything from PR, marketing, events, VIP and celebrity relations to where I got to a place in my career we were developing. In.
0: What year was this?
1: uh what year was i 18 i'm not telling you my age come on no not
0: you're gonna tell me your age (laughs) but i'm saying no like like when what time frame was it in the 90s was it in the yeah
1: yeah it was in the late 90s and um i i happened to be a really good promoter i had a knack for people getting people to come to to these parties that we were hosting and i was very successful at a young age i was making a lot of good money and
0: what was the parties that you were hosting
1: Oh, wow. We worked, uh, we worked with the China club uh-huh. and I would fly into Miami. There's a club called rain on Tuesdays and I'd fly in. This guy, Chris Bertiello used to do parties Monday nights at Fat Black Pussycats. So I'd run in for that. I mean, I had to be all about town and.
0: Oh yeah. You were definitely about <laughs> <laughs> you were hitting the, the Miami and the New York.
1: Oh yeah. it was a plan. That's uh,
0: intense.
1: Yeah. So I was, I was doing a lot of that in my early twenties. And then, um, by the time I, I turned twenty six, I moved to Ibiza. I worked for a DJ named Eric Murillo. and uh, that's where the beginning of my international living began. And that's where I got a lot of my inspiration. Actually, Ibiza really um, inspired me to create and and bring my ideas to life. Which I then started hosting my own parties and and working with hospitality groups where we were producing events in these like lifestyle restaurants. We we're going from nightlife to nightlife restaurant concepts. And by the time I turned 29, I decided to start my own business. I met a, a woman who has been ment- who had mentored me rather during that time in my life, named Jen Groover, serial entrepreneur, motivational speaker. And I met her at the Soho house by accident. And she said, I've got to sit with you. And she drew this graph with my picture. Uh, with, a, with a circle, a picture of, of my name, and then these little arrows saying red carpet events, website, public speaking, and book. And I'm like, well, wow, I still actually have this this little graph that she drew. She says, you're going to start your own business. You're going to be this brand. And you're going to be the all access key because you have something that people gravitate to and you have the ability to get them into places. And that's something that anyone who is anyone needs because they're not always known in their space. Meaning Amory, you walk up to a club or a restaurant, people are going to let you in, but you're going to walk in with a, with a, an athlete or an actor and people don't always know who they are. They don't have the same pull and you're going to turn that into a business. I love it. So I did. I, I, um, I started my business, Emory Inc in 2009. And with all of this stuff I learned in nightlife, I created my own niche business and I created an international consulting business based on personal branding and corporate branding and how to bring those two worlds together and do them in the, in the world of lifestyle and entertainment. So how to make things cool, how to make cool brands, how to do that in any space possible. Meaning if you are um, a, an athlete, for example, where do people know you? They know you in the sports industry, but maybe they want to know you in in the philanthropic sector or maybe you're into art maybe you become an artist maybe you start working with artists or collaborating with artists and i found that that was my knack i had the ability to open doors for people that they didn't think that they could get into
0: that is a beautiful gift i think that's an amazing gift you're literally you know paving the way for people's dreams to come possible it's it's very powerful so in this in this process of you know stepping into that that space with yourself what was the the engine? what was the the passion? what was the energy that made you continue to move in that direction?
1: you know i I never really felt like I belonged. Um, I grew up in Queens in New York, and I never felt like I belonged in Queens. so I moved all around or the neighborhood I grew up in, so I started moving all around Queens and then I realized that Queens wasn't it for me, so I started moving all around Manhattan. And I realized Manhattan wasn't it either. And I moved to the Caribbean and then I just started moving internationally. And that was the drive. It was to see so many things that so many others were not seeing. It was to be so excited to be bringing my ideas to life and working with different cultures and races and having conversations with people that were so similar and different to mine at the same time. To sit at a dinner table where no one spoke the same language. Those were the things that were my drive.
0: So you're literally a cultural attache.
1: Oh, if, you, if you'd like to call me
0: that or <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like it to me. <laughs> I mean, I did meet you in Ibiza. <laughs> it wasn't like I met you in the backyard somewhere. True, true, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know? And I met you with Maria Del Mar, yeah. who is literally my heart and soul. And she lived with me once in my treehouse when I had a treehouse. So, yeah, she's my heart and soul because literally, you know, she... Always for years and years and years would tell me, "Go to Ibiza, go to Ibiza." I live, I live in Ibiza. I do healing in Ibiza. I have these crystals in Ibiza. I go stand on this plate. Go sit on this thing. Go get in this machine. She was doing some kind of quantum,
1: quantum scale, quantum yeah. scale
0: on me. It was crazy. Yeah. I was going, <laughs> and you know, for me, you know, being a shaman and like growing up in that lifestyle, with everything is about earth and connection and like spirit. So when she was doing all of this technology on me, it was freaking me out, you know. Yeah. And I remember one time she. uh she had taken me off the machine. I had, to get, I had to get close to the ground. I couldn't, I felt so pulled out of my body. You really? Know? So she would put me on these uh, crystal plates and uh, amazing.
1: Yeah, she did those with us in Dubai.
0: She did which that. Which is how
1: I met her, yeah.
0: In Dubai? Yeah, I met her in Dubai. Oh my goodness, a wonderful. So what does conscious branding mean?
1: Okay, I would, I'm glad that you're asking that question because I feel like it's a time of education. It's a time to speak new language. And, um, and I want to make sure that those who have the power to teach and share and who have a platform, they need to be responsible and do that. So conscious branding is to actively and intentional, intentionally nurture positive experiences, relationships, values. It's, it's, it's valuing purpose and people over profit. That's what conscious branding is. That, that means that I, and marie Martinez, I'm not willing to work with someone for the sake of money for the sake of fame. I'm 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 not willing to compromise my values, my morals for the sake of someone needing a ticket to become more famous or make more money. I know I have that ability. I know I can help people do that. But I'm not willing to do that for a dollar or a dirham or a pound in my case because I work in many different countries. But I think that once your values are aligned and you're clear in your belief systems as far as who you want to work with, that then all of those things come into play.
0: Mm, I like what you just said. You know, one of the things that I tell people um, a lot in the world is I say alignment over hustle, right? And it's aligning from that that place of truth and authenticity. And that alignment trumps over, well, let's say trumps, let's say alignment takes over the hustle because the hustle is the fear that guides you and pushes you and moves you because you have to have more and you become greedy and you become this and you have to get this and you have to have more and you have to have more and you have to have more and you have to, have more, and you have to have more. And you're filling in that void that was created when our parents gave us too many toys or kept giving us things to make us feel better instead of teaching us how to feel better through building emotional intelligence, right? And so because of that, because we grew up as children who constantly were just given more and more things, we felt that we had to have more accumulation of things in order to feel safe. And what it did was it took away our natural ability to sustain our joy, our happiness, and feeling good just by being with our own selves or just by being around lovely people. And so. Getting into that alignment over that hustle is about really stepping in and honoring that that, that sacredness. It's like I go to an event. It's so like here's a perfect example. It's like I'm. People may not know, and a lot of people don't know this about me, but I am very much an introvert. However, when people see me, they think I'm an extrovert, and I'm really an introvert. I will literally go into an event and sit on the couch or I'll go somewhere and I'll stay in one area. And then the people who are meant to connect with me, the spirit leads them to me.
1: That's right. Yeah. My, I rock the same way. <laughs> and I'm going to get a high five for that.
0: Yeah, high five. I love it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I'm not a social, butterfly. like I have friends who yeah. will go around the room with their wine glass and talk to every single person in that yeah. room and try yeah. to become friends with every single yeah. person. And notice I said try, because try is exactly what happens yeah. because- They're connecting with people who are not in alignment with them. Yeah. And then you get you get the, the people who come in and just want to like, I call it bridge, bridging you. Bridging you means like, oh, because you know a celebrity or because you know someone who is influential, they become friends with you because they want to get to that person. Yeah. Um, they're not really there to yeah. build something that is substantial, real, right. honest from the heart. Right. And it's not about trying to get anything from you.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that that's what, what happened with me because earlier in my career, that's what the, the companies or the people that were hiring me loved so much was that I was this master network she was running all around and, and when i had my my awakening i realized that i was not connecting with anyone i was just I was surface connecting which means it wasn't real there was no substance and that's when i i, I realized how how lonely i was feeling i was feeling like i don't really have anyone right now who, who do i have i know a thousand people but i don't really know a thousand people i don't know anyone and they don't know me either so who do I have to talk to? Who do I have to rely on? Because all they see is this girl that's hosting them around, that has access, that can get them into things. Oh, it's going to give them free things. So we had to do a lot of hosting at this point, at, at this time with the clubs and stuff that we were working with. And it was like, well, they don't, you know, they're not really interested in knowing me. They just want to have a good time with me and I have to show them a good time. And later it became, okay, well, that's not me all the time. So when that was not me for them, that, that, then I was no longer good for them. Yeah. Then it became okay. Well, we don't. We, she's changed, or she's not the same, or you're boring, and those are a lot of things to take in. That are like, whoa. Then you, you didn't really care about me in the first place. Now, now, now I'm confused about who's real in my life. Well, I'm trying to figure myself out at the same time, which is pretty fucked up,
0: right? And it wasn't that they didn't care about you; is that you didn't care about you because right. you would even associate with someone who was not being able to see and receive all of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, you know, I, and I get that too. Like people meet me, they just like, okay, he's the shaman, and then like. For instance, like, you know, this weekend, there's a lot of uh, people who've listened to the podcast who've come out to the retreat in Costa Rica and the jungle and literally have spent time with me, not just seeing me on, you know, hearing me or seeing me on TV or whatever. And they're like, wow, like you have other sides to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like a little boy. I can turn into a female. I can turn into a male. I have like, you know, many sides of a, a jokester. You dance, dance moves. My dance moves, you know? So I, I think like what happens is, is that if we're really gonna embrace someone, we have to embrace all of them, not 10% of them mm-hmm. or 20% of them or 60% of them, because we're literally basically saying, we might as well just cut off your arm, cut off your leg and come in, you know, quite like where you, you're missing a limb, -hmm. And because that's the part that we can't accept and love, because we only want this from you, and that's not that's not the type of relationships that I find to be beneficial and authentic and loving and supportive. And those are the type of people that I know that when the storm comes, they'll be gone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I want I want I want friends and people in my life that can weather the storms with me.
1: Yeah, that's right, that's right. And and it's interesting too because whenever you're going through a transition, uh, you know they're they're not very. They're not very pretty, right? And they're uncomfortable. But it's not until you're uncomfortable that you start really growing and then allowing things to fall off on the side. And once they fall off from the side, you feel you feel uh, alive again. You feel uplifted. You feel free because you're no longer holding on to things that are holding you back. I think that's really important too is to understand that when those ugly times are coming or happening rather that you need to you need to learn how to weather that storm.
0: Mm-hmm. I'd be a surf rider. I call it surf writing. If you know how to surf your emotions and surf through situations in life. So, the object is to not wipe out. And so, the wipe out comes when you react and you perceive information from your reaction versus just observing and writing through it and making decisions that are collectively in alignment to your authenticity. So, you're not concerned about hurting that person or upsetting that person or disappointing that person because you know what is intrinsically right for you may not be right for someone else, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter because everybody has to be honorable to themselves so that you are truly honorable to other people. And I think that what happens is that in this world, we get so caught up in the need to people please and to want to, you know, kind of put on the the, the costume. I call it going to the masquerade ball, right? So everyone goes to the masquerade ball, not really showing who they are, and people get this false understanding of who you are. And then when they see you when the mask is off, they're like, Who are you? Mm-hmm. Like, who is this person? I don't know. Do I it? know you. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Then making you making you feel like you can't be yourself around them or you have to almost switch up who you are. And it's like, well, I don't want to switch up who I am. This yeah. is who I am.
0: That's right. Shape shifting. No, thanks. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to shapeshift, I'm going to shapeshift because I want to change into an energy of an animal or a certain element. I don't want to shapeshift to make you feel better. Yeah. So you can feel like, oh, yay, I feel good around you versus like.
1: Yes, exactly. You, right?
0: Exactly. It's so, it's so, it's, it's so real. It's like right in our yeah. face. Yeah.
1: And it's very draining and selfish. <laughs> right. It's yeah. It's like, well, wait, I'm sorry. The way I'm behaving is not good for you because it's not entertaining you. I'm not behaving the way you think I should be behaving because it's not going to make you feel good. Yeah. Like, that's not cool.
0: I call it jokers and jesters. Okay. We didn't come to court to, to, to be your jester mm-hmm. and your joker. I'm not into the puppet game. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's right. That's right. So. You know, tell me, what do you find to be the most thing you hear from people that you talk to about that you feel that they think they need in their life, but you know, it's not really what they need and you find out and help them to, un- to discover what is real for them. What is it that you hear people saying the most that they think that is something that they really want to have, but you know exactly what they need?
1: Well. I mean, I, I, I find that a lot of times people think that they need money to start a brand. And I created my brand with no money in 2009. We can get real creative and resourceful when we have to. So because of all that's happening now with personal brands and the photo shoot and how I shot it and who I shot it with and the editing and so on, it gets very intimidating for someone that wants to get their business started or that wants to, to, to develop a brand. It's almost like if I don't look this certain way, then people are not going to look at me or they're not going to listen to me. And that's not necessarily true. The need of money, it's about changing the word. You you don't necessarily need the money. You need your creativity, need your faith. Mm. You need those things and the money will come. And going back to the thing about being aligned, if you are aligned and you have a faith faith and belief system and knowing that you are destined for good, and you surrender and you you really, truly leave it in the hands of the almighty creator. It's going to all work out for you. So the need of money, the word need, this is what I hear a lot of. But I need money. I'm going to need. I heard that a lot this weekend. I I can't. I just can't do that because I, I need money. I need money. Of course, we money to live and eat. Yeah, but the the word need as if you know just this money thing the way the the way people look at money how they how they treat money th- this is where all of that comes from and then it goes into the whole fear based and scarcity and all that other jazz so that's what I hear a lot of what they 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 need they need money so
0: so they're using the money as a catalyst to actually see the creativity as the main value in any situation
1: yeah because it, the thing is is that if you are just doing something for money, then chances are that you're not very happy. And if you do something for money, you will only be happy temporarily. Eventually, you'll be bored again and you'll be looking for the next thing. And that's why you have so many people who are um, who have had these high jet-setter lives who all of a sudden like one day just pack up their shit and they're like living like a hippie somewhere or they want to do charity work and they want to go on a mission because they already had all that money that they needed so for those who don't have it how come the people who have less in other parts of the world look so damn happy Mm. so where's the real lesson here who's teaching who
0: that's right I mean, I, you know, I always say that uh, money is a vehicle that gets you from point A to point B to point B to point C to point C to point D and so forth. It's a vehicle and it's not something that should govern your feelings about yourself and about the, the, the love that you should have for yourself and how happy you can be in your life. You know, I watched my father was a multimillionaire and he was just a very unhappy person. You know, he spent most of his time constantly working and being a workaholic to make more money, to make more money, to make more money, to make more money. But he was missing the lives of me and my sister. He wasn't present. He wasn't enjoying his life. Every time it was just about working and making more money. And the interesting thing is during his last part of his year, you know, he had to file bankruptcy because he got sued because he was tied up with the mafia and he, they like made him take a fall for something. And so and, and it's funny because as a kid, I used to always say to him, like we'd times we'd be at a school and he'd come and pick us up at school and like take us home and be like, because the mafia said they were going to put a hit on his kids if he didn't do something they wanted him to do. But for him, I, you know, I kind of sympathize for him because being a black man growing up, an African black man who is, you know, in America. And at that time, you couldn't get good jobs, you know? And so my dad walked away from being an apprentice to my grandmother to becoming my cousin Fats Domino's road manager to getting into construction and engineering and couldn't get a job unless he made a deal with you know the Italian boys and with the Italian families, the mafias who would say, okay, you do really good at what you do, but at certain times we want you to run this, but you gotta turn your head when we want you to turn your head. And he was willing to do it because it was some way for him to get a job in the way that he wanted to get a job because there was no black foreman at that time. And so he grew up with that and then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and his company grew bigger and bigger and bigger. And so he was tied to that family and tied to that way of life. And so it really was a difficulty because he wasn't able to move out of that because he was still paying the piper on some other level and putting me and my sister in harm's way because every time they got upset, they were like, we're going to have your kids killed. So he would rush to school, pick us up, grab us, and take us home and close all the shades in the house and make us sit in this dark house. And it wasn't pleasant. And what was interesting about it is I always say to my dad, the day you lose your money is the day you become a father or a person who cares or a human being because right now all i see is a person who cares only about his power and his money you don't even see your kids and that's just you know i mean what what do you feel about that
1: yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting that you're sharing this because I, my brothers and I grew up the same way with my father, an immigrant from Colombia, whose whose dream and love and life became this yellow taxi. The medallion was a huge thing, and, and Colombian taxi drivers in the '80s was like the thing. You know, it was a big era during that time with all the drugs yeah. as well, right? Yeah. So.
0: And the cartel you know, and right. Everything. So throughout yeah. the
1: years, the the types of drivers that have the yellow cabs have now changed as far as like the 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 races that drive these taxis so my dad's like the last standing Colombian yellow taxi driver in New York City him and a couple of his friends and he neglected us for this work because he had to work cuz i need money cuz i need money cuz i to need money cuz we got to win the family in Colombia cuz i need money and that for us has been that same thing. Like it, it, it's happened to my brother and I too, where we've gone like, well, I, I, I need to go and work. I need to go and work where we were running out to do that until I woke up one day and said, no, I'm not going to do what he did. That's what he did. But it really made me look at how we're raised, what we see, what the belief system becomes and how with those belief systems we create blocks. Mm-hmm. And how those blocks limit us. And this thing with the money for me has always been a problem. And I have to say that I've been so blessed to live the life I have and see the things I've seen and explored and and, and gotten the jobs I've gotten. And I feel like the money has been there and it hasn't been there. And it's gone up and down time and time again. So now I'm just like, well, fuck that. The money's not going to do anything. It's not going to change Anne-Marie. I still like a nice expensive glass of wine and I still like a dollar empanada. I still want to, you know, stare at the stars and, and, and camp out and I still want to sleep with my, you know, goose down feather comforter. Right. I'm just that girl. I like both of those things and that's okay. I just think that where we get caught up or where people get caught up in this world I've been working in is... All of this material stuff, like, you know, bags and shoes and clothes and everybody trying to keep up with each other when half the time none of these people really have that money to begin with. So they're creating more of a story of what they need. And that's why they need money. Why do you need money? You don't need money to be spiritual. You need money to be connected. You don't need money to, to, to be awakened. You don't need money to hang out with a friend. You don't need money for those things.
0: Right. So they're using, they're using for, you know, in like, you know, they're using that as a calling card of their power.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, because I have, I have a girlfriend uh, that I had to check who bought, you know, got a Birkin bag and, you know, just did everything she could so she could get that Birkin, you know, or is it Birkin? Is it, am I saying right?
1: You know what? I don't, I'm not into that stuff. So I don't even know. I I don't know if I'm saying it right,
0: but it's a Birkin bag and it was like $20,000 for a bag. And I said to her, With that $20,000, there's so many things you could have done. And the only reason why you wanted that bag is so that you can walk around and let everyone know you have a Birkin. Yeah. Like, do you realize how insecure you are? Do you realize how you are letting this bag be your truth and what you think is valuable and your power? And this is so disconnecting you from the reality of yourself and it was like only four years later did she finally wake up and realize mm-hmm. it doesn't mean shit. Mm-hmm. But it's unfortunate that people feel that way. And I mean, even my dad with his Rolex watches, like he'd always be like, "Son, you see this Rolex? When you get a Rolex, that means you made it." I'm like, "Dad, please, mm-hmm. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? It's a watch. No. Who cares? Well, if I had a Rolex, I'd sell it and get and build wells in Africa."
1: Well, this is this is what happened to me in, in Dubai when when I. Prior to the to, to this reawakening I had, because of the lifestyle and the, the industry I was in there, it was a constant pressure about how I had to look for work. And it was like, you know, the orders were like within this company, like make sure Anne-Marie has everything that she needs. Make sure she has an allowance for X, Y, Z. had to do a lot of traveling and red carpet events and media work. And I'll never forget how every month I'd have to go get wardrobe and I would be cringing. And one time I went to the store to go get clothes for, for I had to go to Paris Fashion Week, and they had a stylist go with me, and I was just like, I can't believe I'm fucking doing this right now. Like I got to sit here and like forcefully buy things, and and the more they were bringing up, the more I was like, Oh my god, cringing. And they were like, What's wrong with you? And I was like, I don't really like, I don't really like, I don't need that. I don't need that. Like I like those shoes, though I do like those <laughs> shoes. but I don't need all of this. It, you know, it's ridiculous. and and it, you had to like hit this number every month to go with it was yeah, it was, it was just crazy. and and in the end, when when i was when I was shifting and transitioning, you know, personally, spiritually, I gave all those clothes away. i gave I gave so many bags of clothes to church in Dubai. And then all the stuff that was like really like fancy for red carpet stuff. I just, I had like a, like a yard sale and people went crazy for the stuff that I was selling. And I was, you know, over there it's dirhams, but you know, I had like these shoes and I'm like, I'll give you, you know, I'll give you those for 200 dirhams, which is like 50 bucks or less than 50 bucks. I'll take them and I'm like, this is crazy, you know, but
0: yeah. I mean, it's an, you know, the thing is, it's, it's really our value system. It's where we're placing our value and, and what's our value on? And like our value is on, you know, beautiful relationships, you know, great conversations, healthy food. You know, I always tell people, I'd rather have a smaller house and, and eat healthy than a bigger house and eat crap. Yeah. Me too. Right? I'd rather like sit in my small house and be very comfortable eating healthy, yummy food that is so good for my body. Yeah. I'd rather have a smaller house and be able to take care of my basic needs in a very luxurious way.
1: Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Can I get another pie right now? Exactly. Right?
0: And I think it's so funny because my friends will be like, yeah, well, you know, some of my friends will be like, you know, the Whole Foods is so expensive with your Whole like, Foods whole check, you know, and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they're all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, the reason why you see it as expensive is because you're spending a fortune on that car, a fortune on that house, a fortune on your gardener, yeah. a fortune on your pool cleaner yeah. and all of these things. So every extra thing looks crazy to you. Yeah. Whereas for me. I choose to live in a very modest way and therefore I can go eat that food and I can go get my massages weekly and I can go do my shape, you know, go to my shape house and get my sweats on, you know, and I can go and do these other little things where I get to fly first class where I am because I'm not spending amounts of money on nonsense. Yeah. I'm not going on shopping sprees and buying things to fill up my house and every little corner of my home has to be filled up. It's just, it's no, it's a nightmare to me.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. When I used to have a house in the Hollywood Hills, I woke up one day when I was living in Stockholm in Sweden and I was sitting there and I was like, I have to get rid of everything. I was like, my little boy spoke to me and he's like, come to me. And I saw him in a vision. I was fasting for three days. And I was like, I just need to get rid of every single thing. I had artwork that I bought from all around the world and I just remember every friend I was just like I'm going to give it away and give it away and give it away and I, this what you see right here these two suitcases that's my life. Oh
1: me too boo. (laughs) You're (laughs) good.
0: And it just makes life so wonderful (laughs) and if I want to rent a place I just go to Airbnb or I go someplace and I rent a home and I get to see a new home with new walls and whatever and when I'm done I'm like I don't like this house.
1: Yeah me too I'm like I've just Decided to go to the West Side. Now. That's right. I'm like,
0: I'm, I'm gonna go over here now. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be Upper East Side. Now I'm going to the West Side. Now I'm going to over here. I'm gonna go to into uh, Turkey. Now I'm gonna go to Paris. Now I'm gonna go to Italy. Yeah. And I just decide where I want to be. Yeah. It's like life is this wonderful thing, and all these rules we've been programmed, which really don't have any bearing on anything. No. So, what did you learn from the nightlife? You know that you feel has supported a lot of your your passion today.
1: Oh wow. What I've learned is that we have the ability to do and, and be so much more. I learned in, in nightlife that there's so many people who are seeking more, who are really waiting for that opportunity and they don't know, they don't know where to find it. I learned that there are a lot of people being taken, taken advantage of. I realized that there are people who want to be taken advantage of. I learned that if you really want to make a difference, whether in nightlife or any industry, then you have to lead. You have to speak up. I learned all those things. I feel like, you know, I used to, at one point, feel embarrassed to say that I that I had worked in nightlife the way I did but nightlife was the life I was in for so many years it was everything I knew I spent my many many years in nightlife drinking and drugging and all of this stuff and and partying and I feel like had I not done all that I wouldn't have been where I am today I wouldn't have had a really good story to tell I wouldn't have been able to figure out what my my purpose was And how I was going to bring that out into the world and how I was going to be able to shed light where it's been dark. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel. I feel like I learned that I have a duty to go back there. I have a duty to share what I've learned because I know a lot of other people are also yearning to learn. They just don't have the, the tools and the resources. So I'm going to share those. And then they have the opportunity to have their own aha moment.
0: Yeah, amazing. And, you know... My question to you is like, what, what is branding exactly? And how, how do we go about it when we're starting off? Okay.
1: Well, well, branding is, is, is really, you know, creating an identity, having, having some type of icon or, or logo and, and message. Branding is, is, is positioning yourself and saying, okay, this is what we look like. This is who we cater to. This is, this is what, we're, what we're offering. Branding is having a certain look and a certain service or offer or product. Branding is making sure that you create something that people can recognize, much like, you know, I'll give the example of like a, a McDonald's, their branding, their logo, no matter where you go in the world, from New York to Turkey, you see those, those golden arches, you know, it's McDonald's, that's branding. That's creating, <clears throat> creating a, an image that people know wherever you go.
0: So a recognizable identity. Yeah. And when someone starts off, what are some of the tips that you give them to begin to start understanding their brand?
1: Some of the tips I I give them are, are really to be authentic, to make a list of all the things that they're truly passionate about. Make a list of the things that you're passionate about and then make sure that you're doing things that you genuinely enjoy doing. And that's how you create that offering in that business because we all have that ability to create something that we love doing based on our own natural gifts. And we don't have to limit ourselves. You know, people say, no, you have to pick one. No, you don't have to pick one. You can be all of them and you can put them under that one umbrella. So really taking a look at what am I good at? What do I enjoy doing? What am I doing when I'm the happiest? Maybe even going to your closest friends or family, mixing it up. You know, people who are young, old, female, male, parent, sister, or friend, and asking them, what do you see me, when you see me doing something where I'm, I'm my happiest, What what is it? What do you think I'm naturally good at? Do, do like a little survey because that'll help you really hone in on those things because if people can see how you naturally light up to things without even trying then those are the things that you need to be doing
0: so you're saying uh to to use our family and friends to to let us know when we look the happiest
1: well you want it's a little bit of an exercise you know it's something outside you say you know i'd like your support i'd like to ask you a couple of questions if you can help me through this you know and those questions are asking them what you're, what you're, the, what you look like when you're, when you're the happiest, what are you doing when they see you the most joyful and happy? Mm. Questions like this.
0: Interesting. Yeah. My, a lot of my friends told me they see that I'm happiest when I am doing healing with people.
1: Yeah. And, and that's what you do, isn't it? Yeah. Right. And this is what you do for your, your, your purpose work, your work, what makes you happy and yeah. then other people see that. So it's a win win, and you make money doing it because it's part of your your work too, right?
0: Yeah. What do you think about that? Because you know, when I first when I first started offering service to people, I used to do it on a donation basis, and then I had a situation where I was invited by the the Bill Gates family to come out, one of the members of the family to come out and to work on them, and I, I drove all the way I drove all the way from L.A. because I was in L.A. at the time, I all the way from L.A to where they were, which was a long drive. And I worked with them all weekend, putting all my love and passion and, en- and energy into supporting them shamanically. And then at the very end, uh, she asked me how much was it? I said, whatever you feel it's worth to you. And she handed me an envelope that says, thank you for everything you did. And then I got in the car, and when I opened up the envelope, it was 20 bucks. And it was such an awakening process for me. Because at that point, I felt like that didn't even cover my gas, that didn't cover my hotel, nothing. It was just 20 bucks, and here this person is, this person's a billionaire. And what Spirit did was utilize that as an opportunity to say, know your value, know your worth. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you gotta eat. Like, everybody's gotta eat. So just because you are doing healing services doesn't mean that you still don't need to buy clothes. Or sorry, I'm using the word need, but that you also have to live. I mean, come on, people can't expect for you to be doing something for them in exchange because it looks like spirituality falls under a certain umbrella. You don't go to the mechanic and be like, "Uh, "Thank you so much." You know, let me give you a hug. Gotta go. Thanks for fixing my tire. Right. You know, so you got to charge. And and it's funny because somebody asked that today too about had a charge and I said, you have to charge based on what you believe you're offering and what that person can afford. Because you don't want to say no to someone because they can't afford it. And you don't want to hike it up to an ast- astronomical price because you feel like they have money. You still want to be ethical about it. But depending on the service that you're offering, whether it's if it's the same service, then you know, you're going to know who can't pay you what that fee is. Although they say we shouldn't assume, but in most cases, if somebody's coming to you and saying, I need healing, I need help. And it's someone that, you know, is not someone that's contracting you for uh, continuous work or it's someone that maybe you're doing volunteer stuff for, you're going to, you're going to know the difference. So I think that you definitely have the right to, to charge and you have to, choose a price and you have to stick to it
0: so you know i'll I'll give you an example i'll use myself for instance so you know i started off uh later on in life i was like okay i'm not going to 20 i went to 100 and then i did that for about a year and then i met this woman and she's like look i've worked with people all over the world who are healers and this and that the other the the wisdom that you give me the the quickness that i move through my life by by engaging in what you're doing and you know the everything that you're doing, you really should be charging more. It's ridiculous. You should be charging more. Don't you feel that you deserve a better lifestyle? Don't you feel that you deserve to be able to pamper yourself? You give so much love to so many people, Shalman Dirk. You should be getting massages, manicure, pedicure, things that you can go and take a vacation somewhere and relax and know that you have what you need. I found it interesting Because I realized that, you know, I started having a lot of like different celebrities and different millionaires and billionaires coming to me. They all wanted discounts, you know? And I thought it was like, wow, did you ask for that discount for your car when you bought your car, your Ferrari? Or did you ask for a discount for your $5 million home? You know, and it was just really interesting how they were willing to not ask for discounts for material things, but they were willing to ask from a human being, and it really made me sick to my stomach.
1: Well, I see that a lot too with people who who have money. They they want to discuss, They want to feel like they're still getting a break because they feel like well, number either, either they they're like business pe- business people who are always in the wheeling dealing business, or because they never get a break, and then they just want to feel like, can you give me a break? Cause they want to feel like they're getting something because they don't usually get something. That's what I think happens with with people who have
0: money. Interesting, because I see it in a very different way. I see it that they're always getting breaks because they're celebrities and they're always getting freebies and they're always getting swags and they're always getting all this stuff.
1: Well, I agree with you on the celebrity part, though, and that shit pisses me off because, I, you know, we had a client, too, a client I was working with, a private jet company there were there's some things happening with the marketing and promotion influencer model and so on and somebody who owned the nightclub was like oh can you find out with her if you know they can get me a a free ride on the plane and i said no you tell him he can buy a membership the way everybody else does because he owns i don't know how many nightclubs so he has the money to fly private exactly you know like the, the, this the,
0: the entitlement. it's the entitlement yeah. that gets me yeah it's the entitlement. It's like. Well, because I'm celebrity, and because I did this movie, or I did this TV show, or I did this, you know, whatever it is, I I, I did a, I got one a Grammy or whatever. Shaman, uh, you know, you know, it'd be in your best interest to to do this for me because you know I can tell everybody about you, and I can do this and now, never, that. And they never they never do it.
1: Does that come from them or their manager?
0: That comes from them. Really? Yeah.
1: Oof. I was going to say, you know, to in, in their defense, if it was the manager, the manager was not consciously managing them or wasn't having it, you know. Maybe no, that into, comes
0: from them oh, and they, wow. they will endeal me in a way of saying like, you know, you're my friend, give this to me, da, 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 I'll tell people about you. Then I ask them, I'll say, hey, uh, you know, like I have one friend who's, you know, he's a big, big actor, Hollywood actor. And I, you know i can't say his name but what i will say is that you know i've asked him one time i said could you make a post on your instagram to talk about this amazing shamanic work that you've been doing for quite some time in your life and that has been assisting you and helping you in so many ways and he's like yeah man sure absolutely i would love to do that you know how much you mean to me like i love you i love you i love you like you mean so much to me oh shaman durek you know what you really changed my life and i would love to do that more than anything for you let's take a picture now never posted it then I I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to bring it up. Because at that point, I'm like, you have this like way of not having integrity in your word Mm. and then also coming from this entitlement of like. I'm going to get all this freebie stuff from Shaman Durick because I'm a celebrity and, you know, and I get to have a shaman. And they start to treat me literally. And this is why I really love putting my energy towards mm-hmm. the general public of the tribe. Yeah. You know, the tribe, like the tribe tribe, not yeah. just celebrities because yeah. they treat me like I'm their Gucci bag.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I'm their new Fendi. Mm. I, I, I'm their, I am I am their, their uh designer. Bag the designer puppy. I'm friends with the shaman. I have the sha oh, this is the shaman, everyone. This is my shaman. Oh
1: no, 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 no. I'm no, not no. into it. Yeah, no, that's some Hollywood bullshit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, what are some of the disheartening things that you see in the entertainment industry?
1: Well Yeah. Well, there's a lot I can say about about what I see that's disheartening. I mean, young girls that go to work in the industry who are models who get a hostessing job at the hot new restaurant and the next thing you see is that they're now hanging out at the clubs with other promoters and the next thing, you know, they're doing drugs. They don't look like a pretty model anymore. They actually are not modeling anymore. They've They've moved to a new city or country to do modeling and they got so derailed that they don't really have a career or a chance. They get caught up in all these circles and some of them end up escorting
0: that's disheartening to your hearts
1: or what's disheartening is going to a high profile event and feeling like you're experiencing or watching human trafficking that's fucked up seeing these beautiful young girls and these men with money waiting to see you know you see it you see them you see their eyes you see them looking You see them look you know they're like a like preying on these young girls and the young girls they just know that they're getting invited on private planes and they're going on yachts and they're going to really fancy parties and they're getting dressed by designers so
0: fuck it right
1: and they're young they're young they're 17 18 19 20 years old
0: yeah i've seen that i had um i had a Person who worked with me, again, I can't say his name, but he's owner of Paramount and Viacom and, you know, just really me- big media mogul, you know. And he came in to see me, and his purpose of seeing me was to tell me that some of the actresses that I see, he wanted me to, he, he was basically, it was the most strangest thing because I've never experienced anything like it. He came into my home with his bodyguards. For his treatment, for him to to spend time with the shaman, and the whole time he told me, "Well, you know, I can get you your own TV show. You can ride my private jet if you want. I have resorts all over the world. You can stay at my resorts in the Caribbean. Um, whatever you want, shaman, I will give you. All you have to do is the next time you have a a, a treatment with this actress, I want you to tell her that the spirit said, uh." that you need, that the spirit said that she has to have sex with me. Yeah, it was really dark. And I said, I looked at him and I said, do you honestly think I would do something like that? Like, honestly, he goes, everybody's got a price.
1: Yeah, I've heard that before.
0: And I said, Mm -hmm. I go, you know what's really funny? And he goes, what? I said, you know, you you are very, very um, successful in the monetary range, right? In the material world. Yeah. Your ego, you're very successful in the material world. In fact, I would definitely would say that you have mastered certain aspects of the material world. And that's great. I think that's amazing. But I come from the spiritual world. And I am the master in the spiritual world. And one day, you're going to need me. Not for what you're doing right now. But you're going to need the spirit for where you wanna go and what you wanna actually experience. Because this physical thing that you're doing right now, trying to bribe me to tell a Hollywood actress that my guides, that my ancestors told me to tell her that she has to have intercourse with you. And that you're going to let me ride on your jet and you're going to let give me money in my bank account and you're going to give me my own TV show yeah. and you're going to set me up in Hollywood in the biggest way. I go, you're literally like, to me, like the typical version that they see in the movies where the devil comes in and says, sign your name on this line and I'll make you a superstar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're like trying to dangle a carrot in front of my face. The only thing you don't understand is those things don't work for me. Mm. Those things don't move me. Yeah. No. So no. whatever it is that you're offering, I'm not buying. And he goes, "Everybody has a price." I said, "No, not everybody has a price." In your world, you think that. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's it's, it's really fucked up. Like I, I would have one of my managing directors sit there and say, "Amory, you know, blah blah blah." Um, you know, when whenever the celebrities get into town, she gets photographed with them first and she gets them to come to the club and they're coming to our restaurants. They're doing this, that, and the other. And and I'm like, well, what is she doing? Like camping outside their fucking hotel room? Like, you know, if we're not personally working with them, what do you want me to do? Like wait at the airport to go find the celebrity that's landing in fucking Dubai? Well, Emery, you know, like you had ex-client come in and they spent blah, blah, blah. And it's like the pressure, the things that they would want to applaud you for. This is what, what, like, I felt like, are you, are you people, do people think I'm, I'm stupid or are you stupid? This is where I saw that whole twist in there. Cause I'm like, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're wanting to celebrate me. If I do something that you feel it, that you feel is going to build up the business where it, it may be unethical, but that's okay. Let's put her in, let's put her in harm's way. Let's put her in a position, a compromising position. It's very scary out there and it is very dark which is why we have to be so much more in tune with ourselves and connected
0: absolutely. What would you I mean what how do we how do we how do we remedy that situation? How do we get these girls not to go in that situation? How do we educate the populace of people who are so like mesmerized by the Kim Kardashians of the world and the Paris Hilton's of the world and the bling and the zing and the, you know, and all this stuff, which completely takes them away from ever finding their brand because they are completely consumed by looking at what everyone else is achieving, what everyone else is doing and then modeling themselves after those people instead of seeing and modeling themselves, you know, for themselves
1: yeah i'll tell you how we start empowering them Mm -hmm. empowering them to be their authentic self we start making the people who are really making a difference the celebrity and then we go to those celebrities and say here is your responsibility with all of the influence that you have to do this and we help them and we shed light on them too because they need it and you bring up the Kardashians as an example. And it's funny because I, I don't watch that show, but I don't either. I don't know what country or what freaking state. Somebody had it on. And it was this episode where uh, Kim Kardashian tells her sister Courtney, you're the least, you're the least interesting to look at. And 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 Courtney calls up her sister or the mother and she's crying. And it broke my heart because from the way she spoke and the things that she believed in and her values. And what she spoke about family and her children, the things that were important for her. I feel like she is the most enlightened, grounded, the one that is seeking and searching. And now you know how they each each sister, like one always has their light, like one always becomes like the hot sister. Like there's always a hot sister. I don't sister even know how moment. many
0: sisters are how many sisters are in there, that.
1: There's six of them, I think, or five of them. Yeah,
0: I've never seen it, I've never watched an episode. I just see I had a friend who was managing was their producer and managing. And one day I went, he was shopping for Rolexes for their Christmas gift. And he was telling me about them. And but then I have and then I see how people respond. Everyone's like Kim Kardashian and this, Kim Kardashian and that. Yeah. People will show me things. I'm like, I'm not interested. This isn't helping me focus my energy or my love and my efforts to support people putting the power back in people's hands and and really creating a a global revolution of love's awareness for the sake of love.
1: Well, well, why I'm sharing this is because this particular sister is, uh, they're now uh, enhancing her image. And what I am seeing, what I am identifying as a branding specialist is, They've got her doing all these things that they've done with the other sisters, which is the sexy, the campaign, the blah, blah, blah. The things that she, you can tell is not, is not what she's interested in. And I'm like dying to reach out to her and say, why don't we do why don't we co-create why don't we do this with you based on what your your love for plant medicines and natural remedies and healing modalities and family and nurturing and homegrown and farm how about all those things that you really are passionate about why don't we work on something like that
0: that's a great idea why
1: don't we do an event that you host like that where you talk about conscious living or or, or making your own home your homegrown product whatever it is that you do that you have clearly shown us at some point throughout this this. The, this uh this these seasons of these shows that you've tried you tried so desperately <laughs> to share with people it's just that the the it, you're being marketed to the wrong people so start marketing to these people and all those wrong people or or the sorry I don't want to say the wrong people but all the people that that the the way you've been marketing they will start listening cuz they're listening to you anyway right so start doing what you really are passionate about what you're really happy doing do that even with them, right? Is it the, the, what we were saying earlier to, to anyone who to wanted to start a brand, even with someone like that, to do something they're truly happy doing?
0: To the core energy of really starting a brand or a conscious brand is to be consciously aware of that which brings you the highest level of joy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thank you for saying it that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that's basically what it is. Because when I think about it, like, I get a lot of joy from doing um, Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. I get a lot of joy, and the reason why I get a lot of joy is because you know I'm not charging people to get this information. I'm sharing it with them because it makes me happy to share. I share people. to for me, my greatest my greatest thing is to be able to have enough in in um, in what is it called um, in streams of money coming in that support all the things that I needed to support so I can give more back to the public. Yes. And so this for me is golden right it it, like for me to know that I'm touching a life of a like I got a a message from a woman in the Philippines who wrote me and said that her listening to this podcast has changed her life and now her family listens to it and her mom and like it's been opening her life the way she lives her life and that she doesn't want to be in the marriage she's in anymore because now she sees how much she loves herself and like to get messages like that Mm -hmm. you know To get a message from a a businessman who says, you know, I heard you on Dave Asprey's podcast and I started listening to your podcast and I realized that I was a very angry, unhappy person in my life. And ever since listening to your your podcast, I've become super happy and full of love and I've been connecting with people and hugging them. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like for me, that's what lights me up, you know? I always say, and and so what, what I hear you saying is that conscious branding is about what lights you up and then being so clear about it that anything that comes within your your circle of that, it has to be in alignment to that which lights you up.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's got to be a value system. You have to have morals.
0: You got to have some ethics.
1: Yeah, and, and you want to be happy doing what you're doing no matter what.
0: What do you think is the, uh, is the challenging thing for people when it comes in getting their brand out there?
1: Uh, I think the challenge that people run into is that, well, there are a couple of things depending on what industry they're in. You know, some people have the creativity, but they don't have, they're not business savvy mm-hmm. or they're business savvy, but they're not creative. So
0: what would they, you say to them?
1: Well, for the, for the, this is why I love what I do because I feel like I've been both the, the creatives, the spiritual people that I work with, the practitioners or healers or, you know, th- those types of individuals. I empower them to say like, listen, you have to learn this part of the business on, on the business side because you have to run your business. And you have to learn how to do it on your own. No one else is going to do it for you. You have to know it and be able to take care of yourself no matter what. So the first thing is, how are you going to run your business? And if you don't know how to run it, who are you going to go to to learn that from? Whether that's structure, your accounting, your administrative, there has to, there have to be systems in place so that you can run your business. So the creative can get really creative on what their platform is going to look like and what they're selling, but they have to know how they're selling their business. Like what are your packages? How are you selling these packages? What do the packages look like? Who are you packaging for? Who's your audience? Who are your clients? How to create additional revenue streams so that you don't rely on one single client. So creating a, Several revenue streams and pillars for your business. That's why it's all the creatives for the business folks. That can get a little tricky because not everyone that's good at business can be can be as creative. So the business people, it's about okay. Well, tell me what your vision is. What would it look like? And playing with them, with a team, going going to you know the the design team and saying these are the things that they're passionate about. This is what they currently look like and creating something for them and saying, this is where we believe you should go, but you have to feel it. How do you feel about Mm -hmm. this? Does it resonate with you? Because one thing that I always feel is really important is, uh, I had a client, I'll give you an example, who was a hand specialist. And he was really passionate about music and playing the guitar. Mm -hmm. And he loves sports. So we created a really cool, kick-ass hand specialist brand. Like the go-to hand specialist. You know, all his branding was based on you know leave it in his hands
0: what's a hand specialist
1: he he specializes in hand surgery certain tendons
0: oh okay
1: yeah surgeon so um so yeah with this particular client it was it was so cool to see how excited he got you know because he felt like yeah i'm I'm a hand specialist and well i'm kind of boring but well no you're not boring You you love music. You love playing the guitar. You love sports. You're active. We're going to show people that. Right. We're going to show them that with your brand, you know. And then you've got the creatives who they they just want to be creative and you know have their head in the clouds, but they still got to figure out how they're going to make money. So figuring out what what is the simplest form for them to create packages in a business where they can make money, where they feel empowered, like they can do their business from anywhere in the world. And they can still make money doing that because they've now figured out a system. They have a system in place. They understand the business portion.
0: Is that what you help them with?
1: I help them with that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So like take someone like me, right? What would you recommend me? I'm Shaman Durek. I I have a book coming out next year that's mainstream. Two TV show offers on the table. And this amazing, lovely platform to share my love with the tribe and Instagram, where I get to learn from the tribe as they talk to me back from IG Live and I get to post messages up there to inspire, delight, and open them up. Uh, what would you say my next step would be?
1: Well, you know, it seems to me as you, you're pretty active, you're speaking um, on different platforms now, right? You're speaking at conferences and retreats.
0: Yeah, medical, medical boards.
1: And, and, you, and you're already doing stuff in Africa, you said, right? So I don't know. I, how... do,
0: I do stuff all over the world. But like um, most of my stuff that I do is for women. So I'm a women's empowerment leader. So I go to countries where women are dealing with um, very difficult issues, you know, and I speak out about it. I engage with people in conversation who can actually influence change or get involved in some way. Like I was in Iceland. I worked with the first lady president to bringing awareness on certain uh, topics that needed to be talked about from the pharmaceutical companies to health and wellness, to talking all the way about, how do we, how do we, um, end suicide in Iceland? How do we, how do we take the numbers down from when the winter comes and people start killing themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and getting into that conversation or mm-hmm. getting the conversation of mental health? Um, as, for me, as, for me, as far as for me, I've been in tons of magazines. I've been, you know, in Elle, I've been in, uh, Marie Claire, I've been in, I mean, you name it, uh, I've been in it. And for me, it's not, so much about I, I get kind of bored with the magazines, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, I want to do a story on you." I'm like, "Okay, great." <laughs> like, <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't. I think I think that is for me. I, I mean, right now the book has been the focus. I just signed a book contract with Macmillan, which is um, St. Martin's um, division of their of uh, their spiritual department. And the first book they did was the Pope's book, so I'm excited to be in that lineup. You know. And I just, my focus really is about creating an awareness of self, so that people don't become spiritually codependent upon something on the outside of them, as giving them what they need to see that's already inside of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you, as I said, you're you're very active already, and you're speaking on different platforms. So I would think about creating a movement and some type of campaign, something that could be universally. Um, marketed so if you created a, a method or a program some type of you've been to landmark education
0: I'm, I'm aware of landmark i have a lot of friends who want to landmark yeah so for
1: those of you who don't who don't know it's a transformational non-denominational forum um i i would think something something like that something education okay yeah because people you giving people the tools you they you know how, how do they heal themselves they they're not always going to have you they, they they can't take you off know off the coffee table or you know at night if they're feeling bad so something that they can learn from from you like the the book that you've written is more about what that's coming out next month or next year rather
0: um, so the book that I wrote that is coming out, which is, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be such a game changer in in the field of um, how we look at things shamanically, I think, because a lot of the shamanic things that people get into is based upon like just the plant medicine, drumming and burning sage sticks, where the way I've written this book, um, which I'm really excited about, is creating a certain value in the understanding of shamanism and really understanding the core um, uh, ethics of what it means in the philosophies, the way the way we see things, the way we look at things that's happening right now on our planet. So the book is called "Spirit Hacking: Shamanic Tools and Techniques to Reclaim Your Personal Power, mm. Transform." yourself and light up the world okay
1: yeah so i would i would look at doing that book and and the tour and then maybe having discussions around the book maybe i don't want to say focus groups but intimate gatherings and then creating a, a method or a program
0: like my friend tracy anderson she has the tracy anderson method who rocks right. that thing.
1: Right. So imagine imagine creating a program that you then aligned with the United Nations that they now implement into their teachings and it's part of an initiative. So you'd start a campaign, an initiative, something that you would do and then tour in every city to launch it, but it would become something universal. Like Dubai's got the happiness initiative under Sheikh Mohammed. Right. The United Nations has the seven pillars of happiness. You could potentially do something that and then integrate it to what they're doing,
0: which would then be universal. Okay. That's a great... That's a great idea. Thank you, my love. Oh, you're welcome. That's awesome. I like that actually. I'm really excited. You just taking my lit to a whole nother lit Let's. level. Got leveled up with the <laughs> litness. <laughs> I think it's great. I you know, one of the things that I um was uh, talking about doing is for me is doing something called it's called the Me First campaign, and it's teaching women how to put themselves first, to fill up their vessels, creating a social network, social platform for them to understand health and wellness and all that. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I like that. This is, this is what I'm saying. Yeah, you got to create a movement and some type of educational, something that you can implement, that, that you can align with people like the UN or, or, or governments and, and something that gets implemented in community and society a movement, (laughs) a program. yeah.
0: That's what I'm gonna do based under your wonderful, amazing, loving advice. Thank you so much. You're
1: very welcome.
0: So what would you say is five steps for people to step into that space of, okay, I wanna build a brand. Here are the five steps that I need to take to execute that. Or do you say, I need to just come and make an appointment with you or both.
1: Yeah, I mean, you definitely need to come and uh, take an appointment with me because every, every person is different and people are at different stages. Some people have a website and a tagline. Some people have a product and, and no message, no tagline. Some people have a great idea, don't know where to start. There's so many different types of scenarios. I mean, I experienced that today in the coaching garden. And they were, and they were from so many different industries, hmm. you know. So w- what I'm doing that that is special is that there's create, there's a creative process, there's a holistic process, and there's a there's a business, an a- analytical business uh, 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 side to the to what I'm doing because I'm not only looking at you and your business and your brand. But I cannot work with you if you are not aligned and centered and, and know what you want. So we have to get you there first. Yeah, There has to be alignment. You have to know why you're doing what you're doing. Why are you doing it? And you also have to think about how you're going to make money doing it. And some people have one or the other. Some people have none. And I do that with, 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 with private clients and with corporations, which makes it fun too. Because I get to dabble in both worlds.
0: So, how can people um, make an appointment with you to be able to, to begin this journey of branding themselves?
1: They can send me an email.
0: And how? And yeah. what, what is that?
1: That email is Anne Marie, A N N E A-N-N-E-M-A-R-I-E, M A R I E at Anne Marie Inc. dot com. Anne Marie at Anne com.
0: Beautiful. And what would you say to, um, to young girls who feel like they have to you know, go into their models and they get pulled in that? How, what, what do we need to do to, to, to limit that from manifesting?
1: We need to educate the parents and the young girls about the industry before they get into it. Yeah. And we need to start being more responsible and ethical in that industry. We need more light workers in the industry. To make sure that they're overseeing and managing that, so that we don't keep losing these young girls, and we need the young girls to know that they have the ability to be and do whatever they want in this life, but that they they have to understand that there's there, there's a higher power, we have to start educating them you know so that they're awake. We want them to be awake or awoken, which we saw with some young kids, you know, 22-year-old at the the retreat this weekend. I'm just so enamored by the way that they behave and how they speak and the language that they use. But there are a lot of 22-year-olds that are not like that. No. So we need to start speaking that language with them. And maybe that's in the schools. Or going into these, not only just these the, the modeling, but the, these nightclubs and these hospitality companies or the entertainment industry. We need to speak that language all the time. It has to be instilled in them.
0: So really about bringing outreach and being able to create a conversation, and really you know creating that conversation with them in the places where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that like you know getting into that space of truly getting woke and really filling up you know, with, with information and data that is literally taking you higher so that you can, you know, get away from those types of things, you know? And, and I
1: think the same way they have programs for like, you know, image consulting and fashion styling, they should have a program for like, act- I should actually work on that, I'm stuttering because I just got excited, you know? Getting aligned, mm-hmm. getting aligned program. You know, yeah. Finding I don't want to say finding yourself because that would that would mean that you're lost. Nobody's lost, but you know, you know, being being your purpose program.
0: Right. Right. You know, it's interesting because there was a time when I lived in New York City. Um, so I was getting to know my mother because my mom left when I was two years old. And um, so it was nice to get to know my mom. And when I went to New York City, I wanted to create a business and I remember meeting this model and she was living in this model's apartment. Oh yeah, like 10 of them in, in one. Yeah, 10 in one. And uh, the the agent would go to the apartment and I would come over sometimes, spend time with her. And I'd be like, why is the door shut? And why do I hear people having sex? And she's like, oh, the agent comes over and sleeps with all the girls in, in the model's apartment. Yeah,
1: it's, I'm getting angry and, just thinking about it. And I was just it. like,
0: are you kidding me? Like the agent of the modeling agency is yeah. here having sex with all these young, some of them were like 18, 17, 19 year olds. And so I opened up my own models apartment because I was disgusted. And uh, I opened it up on West 15th Street between um, 7th and 8th Avenue. And I I built it out with the bunk beds and so forth. And I went to click agency next. I went to Eileen Ford. I went to all the top agencies and said, when your girls and guys come into town, they're gonna move into my conscious modeling house. I put a fax machine in there. And I literally, you know, had like nights where we had like meditation night where we would talk about some of the tra- traumas and things that they felt they were going through. One of the things they brought up the most was that their agent they felt like their agents were pimping them out at dinner parties.
1: so so one of the problems that we had for one of the places we 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 ran in New York was that there was a promoter that would get hired all the time because he had all these beautiful models. and they were paying him a shitload of money. The girls were not getting paid. He was forcing them to come to dinner and drink and they'd serve him a couple of sliders and french fries. And the girls can't eat, right? Because they're already being pressured that they have to be skinny. That's right. And then they take them to the club and they weren't allowed to leave the table. So it was like, he was like their pimp and they didn't know what was going on. And he was making all this money from them, shoving, I don't know how many of them in an apartment.
0: Do you remember his name?
1: Uh, No, I don't.
0: Was it in the nineties? No. 80s
1: no it was in
0: um 2012 okay so yeah i was way past that time (laughs) so mine was in the early like early 90s and it was very interesting because i got a lot of models who thanked me you know because i became like a den mother you know and i went in there and i was like it's time for you to go to bed you have a go-see tomorrow morning. I have a, I put a billboard in there where I had all their go-sees that, were, that they had to go to. I made sure there was clean, like healthy food in the kitchen. I had a house service person come in and clean the place for them because models are messy. And no one was, co- I wasn't letting the agent, the agent was like, oh, I need to come over and see my models. And I was like, no, you can't. You can see your models at the agency where you see them. My model's home does not allow agents to come in. Um, they are not allowed to bring in dates into the model apartment. If they bring home dates or lovers or anybody kind of booty calls or any of that, it doesn't happen, they get kicked out immediately. Mm. And I kept it like that because when she explained to me what was going on and what I saw and the things that I saw and Mm. the things that I heard, even from the guys, like I remember people uh, some of the guys were telling me how Bruce Weber took them up to the mountains and had them do like weird things with each other, like really just off the wall, Pictures they were showing me, and just you know,
1: yeah, yeah. And I had so so because at one at one point in my career, I had to work with a lot of the young guy models, and I felt like I was their grandmother. I felt like their mother. And they would open up and tell me, "I don't want to fucking model. I don't want to model. I'm tired of being hit on and you know being asked to do things and when I'm getting my picture taken and blah blah blah." And I don't want to be in this industry. One of them is actually a very famous model right now. Who who I I, I can't believe the, the longevity of his career and how how he's just been so so aligned. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. He's 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 actually very well known. I can't say his name, but. So proud of him. Yeah. So fucking proud of him.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, it's. You know, the industry. It's, it's very interesting. You know, I have a lot of actress friends who cry to me and tell me, you know, all the things that happen to them. And I, I sit down with them and and give them tools to appropriate their their selves in that industry so that they can operate in a way that is authentic and real for them, where they're not, where even if there's sexual innuendos or things being put on them, yeah. they're not going into it just to get that job for that movie you know i even have one girlfriend that i went to her house and a big hollywood producer says oh you know how many did you suck to get this house Mm. you know and i looked at him and i was just like that's really disgusting yeah yeah and he's like okay shaman okay shaman you know and then i you know and it's unfortunate because it's like one of the guys who does a lot of big Hollywood films, he made a comment in the room in front of all these women, like, you know, I'm casting for this new film. So which girl is going to go to the bathroom with me? (sighs) And I was just appalled, you know? And I just like, where is the ethics? Where is the, you know, the the sticking to the creativity of creating a film or, you know, the fashion industry and so forth. And so I feel like, you know, I think the education of 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 young teens and you know people who want to get into that world yeah. it's kind of like don't go in with blinders like
1: and and know how to stand up for yourself like know how to how to address it right at the very beginning so they never cross the line again i had i had someone that i worked very closely with ask me to be their mistress over like yeah <laughs> Like over lunch, over a lunch meeting,
0: over paella. Yeah, we were
1: we we're in. That a, must have been
0: some good paella. Why
1: well, I didn't even eat the paella because I had to put throw the paella to the side. Maybe
0: they it, were eating the paella uh, yeah. and then something happens, some chemical response. He says, yeah, took it off. was
1: seafood paella. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe it has clams in it. It became an aphrodisiac.
1: I said, I said, um, I can't buy. I put push the plate away. I said, I can't believe you just asked me that. I lost my appetite. I'm actually sick to my stomach like you have to know I said you will never speak to me that way again I'm going to say that again you will never speak to me that way again do you understand me and this is what these young girls have to learn they have to learn to defend themselves and and, and say it straight on so no se pasan as we say in Spanish so people don't pass so they don't they don't say so it over. again
0: I like how you said that it was so que, strong
1: que no se pasan que no me va pasar it's like respect you're right. going to respect
0: me you're not going to cross the line that's right no crossing the line no Yeah, I think it's important. And I get that, you know, I get that even as a shaman. I get actresses from Hollywood who'll come in and ask me to have sex with them because they want to have sex with the shaman. Oh yeah, I'll get actresses who'll come in and wear no panties. And while they're going through their shamanic experience, they're pulling up their dress to let me, to see, so they can see that they have no panties. I'll get actors who'll come in who will do very strange things where they'll pull out, pull out their Johnson and and right in front of me and be like, I have to, I just have to release myself. I have to release myself. I go, just because you're a big Hollywood actor does not give you the right to act that way. Well, I was at a party last night and blah, 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 shaman. I'm feeling all very strange and whatever. I'm like, okay, you gotta yeah. go. It's time to go. Yeah, Because I feel like they just, if I don't have very strong boundaries and ethics, People would just walk right over. Uh,
1: actually, them. I have a question for you because yeah. this is what I experienced a few years ago. With the, the, there was a bunch of a uh, bunch of girls that that had flown in. It was a big Burning Man thing, and everybody went back to L.A. after, and it became this whole this show. How do you feel about what people are doing with the integrity of the shaman? People who are becoming shamans now—they go and they, they do a training. Now they're a shaman, but now they're having these, these uh, what, what is it? The symbi- symbiotic, symbiotic.
0: Relation. You mean microdosing or the ayahuasca parties?
1: I just know that there were a couple shamans that were, you know, just now. I'm the shaman, so here come. Let me give you some love. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, now you got like shaman groupies, yeah, and and women, you know, being taken advantage because the guys like, come on, let's come and do this. there's a
0: shaman, I wrote a, I wrote an article on Huffington Post. Called just because you practice yoga doesn't mean you're not an asshole. And literally, it's not just the shamans; it's the yoga teachers too. It's the men yoga teachers who wear all white, and you can see that you can see their their outline. You know, it's like you you, these these guys who go away and practice. First of all, aren't shamans? Shamans don't become shamans in in like overnight. They don't become shamans like in a week. They don't become shamans in a month. Shaman is a lifetime devotion. To self preservation, preservation of people, preservation of nature, preservation of animals, and if you're learning plant medicine, the, the 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 long I was I was in Ibiza, and I remember this I was the shamans in Ibiza were getting really annoyed with me because everyone was saying oh there's this shaman on the island who has powers that are similar to the plant medicine but he doesn't give people plant medicine and they got really uncomfortable, and this big big uh, big business person was throwing uh, a shamanic party at his villa. And of course, invited me. And I went and he goes, Oh yeah. And this is the shaman that I work with, Shaman durek And I go, Oh, that's great. And I said, he goes, Yes, he does he does ayahuasca ceremonies. I go, How long have you been studying ayahuasca? And he said, Um, six years. I said, So six years. I said, I said, so you're not very um you're not very mature in the ayahuasca field. So you're like a baby in the plant medicine field. And the guy looked at him and goes, What do you mean he's a baby? I said, first of all. Most training just for like Temescal or for like plant medicine or so forth is a 15 to 10 year training. Because you don't just learn about how to bring the medicine. You also have to understand about the physiology. That's right. You have to understand that if someone goes into anaphylactic shock, how to handle it. Yeah, like, what if me, they have a Demesca. seizure? You know, I mean, in Ibiza, there's a people who were doing ayahuasca ceremony and a boy died. And literally they buried him in a tree in the mountain of Ibiza. And I many times shamans are burying people in their backyard. Yes. And no one wants to talk about it in the yes. press. And I'm yeah. like, I tell my friends who are reporters, I'm like, why don't you go do a story about that? And like, no, the paper won't let me do a story like that. Yeah, why not? Why? Why not? Is the is the head person taking ayahuasca or they don't want people to know about these things? Yeah. You know, and it's unfortunate because people need to know that ayahuasca, iboga, Any type of plant medicine can have an adverse reaction that could actually lead to death, to you having shock or seizure or you going into some psychosis. So that's why the shaman trains for so long so he can see. And talk to the spirits and be able to understand if you will be right for the medicine. It's not the mom and pop shop of come and take ayahuasca or take iboga or do these medicines and let me just put you on it and and then risk your life. Exactly. Life is precious.
1: Exactly. There's got to be more education around instead of it being a fad. And that's what I found too with a lot of the people that are in the party seeing these jet setters. Oh no, we're not gonna hang out and do blow and drink alcohol anymore. We're gonna do ayahuasca and go do all these other drugs that like they don't know what they're taking and why they're taking it, taking it they're taking it for the quick fix to have another drug. That's it's all they're doing. They're replacing sure. one drug for another one. And then they're working with all these people who you who are not credible. Or, or or real shamans and then you know, I myself, for example, went to Mexico and did Temescal and I came out crooked. I couldn't move for twenty minutes. Oh, My no. hands got into the crow. How I long mean, were
0: you in the Temescal?
1: We're in the Temescal, we were doing the five elements. So so we're in the qu- quite did a while. You do? Five, I did all of the rounds.
0: You did five rounds?
1: I did five rounds. So I came out like this, my hands weren't a crow, my feet and my mouth twisted, and my friends were like, "Oh, you know yeah you know there's there she goes. She, you know the awards of the best supporting actress for blah 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 Zamory. and they realized I wasn't moving, and I was so fucking scared That's what your friend said, yeah, because he didn't think that I he thought I was kidding
0: what, thought, kind of, what kind of comment is that
1: right Well, he was standing over on the sign he looked over and he saw that I wasn't moving and he's like. He's like, Ann, Ann, And then when he realized, like, I, I just, I was really in this crow position, all, all locked up. And the shaman, um, they took about 25 minutes with the shaman to get me on. Un-
0: yeah. So you know what that's called? What? It's called rebooting. So it means that it happens with me when I do ceremonies with people, yeah. their hands will lock up yeah. and seize up. Yeah. And everything seizes up. It means that your body is rebooting itself. On so many different energetic levels that your whole entire body and your hand pulls in because your body goes into a lock so that all your atoms and all your cells and everything can handle that amount of energy shift and change that is occurring inside of you. So, what we have to do is relax you yeah. through breath and then your hands will slowly come back. Yeah, that happens when I take, when I bring people into shamanic treatments, when I bring spirit medicine into their body not plant medicine, but spirit medicine, and they, like it happened actually to a girl today um, at where we were in nature, you know, she I was doing some support with her and I pulled up her past life. I saw, I I, I reminded her what happened, how she was dragged to the streets and beaten and all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden she realized why she was so afraid of owning her power. And then she started crying. And then all of a sudden the power came into her body and she just seized up, her body seized up. And she's like, I can't move my arms. I can't move my hands. What's happening to me, you know? I said that your body's rebooting. So your system is shifting and changing. And now the process of your body is changing all of its cellular dynamic so that you can handle new energies and have new visions and have new, you know, everything. So the body goes into a form of like a death. It's mm-hmm. quite interesting. I've had many times people die in shamanic treatments with me and where they stop breathing and their whole face turned blue and their lips turn blue. Yeah. And then I'm like, and then the spirits bring them back to life, you know? But because I'm trained in it, I know at what point they have to be brought back whereas some people are not trained and then that person dies or goes into you know a seizure or goes into a rolling seizure right. and I many times I've seen sh- I've seen people who pose to be shamans and have done rituals and asked me to stand by and watch who have taken the medicine with the people which I think is just so irresponsible and then they're in the spirit world everyone else is in the spirit world i'm watching all these spirits coming in from the underworld going into their bodies because they're like literal beacons of light He might as well just sign a bat you know how you sign that batman thing in the sky yeah that's how spirits see it in the spirit world so they jump into their body and now you have all these people being possessed while the shaman's not even holding he's not holding quarters for them you're supposed to set up a place for protection from these types of spirits but because these people who just go to peru for like a month or a week or maybe they take a class yeah. you know i someone went to a four winds academy once and they t- i think they took like maybe a maybe a half a year or something like that and they came and they wanted to do divination with me and i and they asked me if they could do it and i said no i'm not interested and i said why i said because You don't learn divination in in that short amount of time. It is an ongoing thing. Can you divinate the tree? Can you divinate the stones? Can you divinate the smoke? Can you divinate the water? If I said, look at the wall right now, can you see the images and the words appear on the blank wall right now? No, then don't do anything for me because you're not seasoned, Mm. you know? And I really believe in in, in being seasoned. You know, I I had this whole thing recently where I went to Wonderlust and I saw Russell Brand speaking as the main person at Wonderlust, and i'm thinking to myself you got to be kidding me hear all these people bowing down going oh my god russell brad oh my god he's going to be speaking i go are you kidding me he hasn't put his dues in he hasn't he's not seasoned in his spiritual what he's talking he's taking words that he's heard that sound spiritual but he doesn't know the true meaning of them. He has not devoted himself for years and years and years and years of devoted practice to his craft to be able to give information to people. You have to understand you're messing with the lives of people. Yeah. That is where ethics, that's where yeah. responsibility comes in. That's when you come from a place of integrity. Yeah. You, you know, I have been doing shamanic uh work in healing from the time that i took my first person i was 14 15 years old i am now 44 and literally to me it's always a process of learning you know so but the thing is when someone comes to me like i was in ibiza and someone was taking a some kind of uh medicine and this person went into a seizure and everyone at this villa was freaking out and the woman was trying to kick the person out of her villa because she didn't want the cops to come and she get in trouble and i mean, so they put him on the grass in front of the house and i get there and uh i look at him and everyone he's shaking and he's foaming and everyone's like you know going like what's happening to him i said his body is going into shock Right now, his body is going into a, what is called anaphylactic shock. So his, his system is, is, is in shock right now. So I need cold towels. And everyone was like, what, what, what? And so I was like, get me there. Everyone's like looking like crazy. Like what, you know, and one person was like, don't let, the, like, what is he doing to him? I said, I'm a shaman and I'm aware of the physiology. I'm aware of kinesiology. I'm aware of pathology because I studied it. I said, get me cold towels. I need to bring his body temperature down. The reason why he's going is just because the sun is so hot. He's on something. Uh, what did you take? And they're like, oh, we did a microdosing and we did, he did some um, combo mm. and all this stuff. And so I took the cold towels and I put it on him. And as I put the cold towels on him, he started shaking and shaking, and then his the shaking went slower and slower. I said, now remove the cold towels, and I get, I go, get help me lift him up and give him water. And so we gave him water, and then within like five, 10 minutes, normal. And he just started crying. And he like hugged me, and this girl goes, oh my God, how did you know how to do that? I said, because I'm a shaman. Because when you're a shaman, and you really are what you are. You understand how to be there of service for the people. Even one time I was in the mountain, there was this, this biker and he took acid and he was having a bad trip and he started like freaking out. And I just tapped two places on his left side of his chest, one place under his collarbone and right in the center of his abdomen. And it stopped. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't feel the acid anymore. How did you do that? I said, oh, I just hit the points in your body that actually shut the acid off. Your body is an amazing, amazing, amazing biological system of intelligence. But you see people these days, your answer to your question, you see people going out there and trusting and putting their life in someone else's hand who is not seasoned, who doesn't know what they're doing and is just going ahead and doing it because it's the new trend. The trend right now is being a shaman. The trend right now is ayahuasca, medicine, plant medicine i don't do partying anymore i do plant medicine while you're still partying you're just doing it in a way and you're doing it in a spiritual bypass yeah absolutely yeah so how can people find you my love because i know we'll you and i will stay on talking the whole time and we have more jungle exploring to do tomorrow (laughs) sure sure
1: well they they can email me which uh which I think we might've shared yeah, before, you gave that.
0: Right? Um, are you on Instagram at all?
1: I am on Instagram. Uh, you can reach me at, at AnnMarieInc, at A-N-N-E-M-A-R-I-E-I-N-C.
0: Thank you so much, thank my you. love. Thank you, thank you. For being on You're today's so share. I had such a wonderful time with you. You
1: too, thank you.
0: I love you, darling. I love you too. <laughs> Amazing tribe. So much we've learned, so much we've gained to take responsibility and to step into the life of people and really bring that level of integrity, that level of authenticity, and really understanding how we can shift and lift people to higher places. And when you're starting a brand, remember what Anne Marie said, it is about being in who you are. Finding that which lights you up, brings you joy, is the place where you start your brand. It's a place where you step in to who you are where you're willing to share it with the world because your authenticity is shining through. Tribe, you're so amazing. We're all amazing. We're so powerful, aren't we? It's so wonderful to be here to share with you on Ancient Wisdom Today podcast and to share the love to all the tribal members. And if you're not following me on Shaman Durek on Instagram, please do so you can get my daily messages and also interact with me on my IG live want to take some of my classes and level up in your powers and learn more shamanic tools and skills, go ahead to my at shamandurek.com and sign up under my newsletter so you can see where I'm at, where I'm speaking, where I'm teaching, and get involved. And most importantly, leave a message on iTunes. If you don't have iTunes, sign up and leave, leave a message about what you feel, your review, because that helps other people come to the tribe and get alive and feel the love and just take it to higher heights. Remember, people, we're all leaders and we're leading the message of love. So remember, you were created by love, made by love, for the sake of love. Until next time, bye.